uh, Burgess, what did you used to call him? Don't, oh. don't bring this back. <laughs> don't. Utensil. Don't. Utensil. We've gone like a year without talking about that. You, you just have to bring it back, don't you? Please bless the refreshments to give us strength in our bodies. Hello, and welcome to Bless the Refreshments, where normal people have normal conversations about the gospel, making it way more fun and interesting to be a member of the church. First things first, happy Holy Week, everyone. We love our weekly chats about different aspects of the gospel, fun and quirky things about church culture, and how can we forget the fantasy drafts. But we hope you're able to take some time and focus on what really matters most, the life, teaching, sacrifice, and resurrection of the Savior, Jesus Christ. We noticed that that was one of the big focuses from General Conferences last weekend. And coincidentally, that's one of our talking points as we cover our takeaways from the 193rd Annual General Conference. We hope you enjoy. The 193rd Annual annual General Conference, which I now know the difference uh, from from last time uh, that I've had that explained to me. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm accurate on that number. I thought was a very pleasant general conference. It may be because, though, I deleted my Twitter account. So I, had, I did not <laughs> troll Twitter. <laughs> Here's the question, though, Johnny. Now, be honest. Did you delete your Twitter account before or after President Nelson's talk? I deleted it like in January. Oh, okay. That's so good. before. Because I was just going to say, it was an ex- if, you, if it was after, it was an excellent way to eliminate contention out of your life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you could take offense to that talk. But a part of me kind of wanted to see how people were going to twist it to be offended by, hey, be nice to each other. Words matter. Don't be a jerk. So from the Salt Lake trip, who's Gordon Monson? Is he, he's usually a sports writer. Is he? What, what did he write? He wrote a great opinion article about President Nelson's talk. Oh, what did it say? And it, it makes sense he's a sports writer because he uses a baseball analogy. Uh, when it comes to yeah. launching home runs, Russell Nelson, the cleanup hitter in the lineup of the leaders of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, bashed a 550-footer Sunday general conference. His morning address centered on what this world, this country, this state, this city, this neighborhood, this household, this everyone everywhere could use a thousand scoops of peacemaking, not over-the-top contention. Whether you think the man is a prophet or not, he got good lumber on this one. Cool. And he, like, he went on the whole article. He had great things to say about it, so... It was like he even like go, gets really personal about it, like how he used to how he criticizes people and how he's kind of made a name for himself by taking like very strong opinions on things and kind of like self analyzed a lot. So I, it was really I thought he had great, great things to say about very it. Very cool. It was great. I, I like Gordon Monson. I think I like his takes. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would love to have seen people try to take shots at it. But by doing so, <laughs> you're proving right. It's like Schrodinger's cat, right? Sure. Like, if... you can't know it's dead unless you open the box. <laughs> what is that from? Big Bang Theory. Well, I mean, Schrodinger's cat is, is like a scientific, you know, theorem. The way they explain it is you can't know if the cat's dead or not unless you open the box. So, But the thing is, to open the box, in this case, you would be defeating the purpose of the message and so it has to remain a secret we haven't had a smart guy joke like that for a while that was impressive like that (laughs) was good with our hundredth episode coming up it's all coming back you know all all the old stuff i don't even know how to spell schrodinger (laughs) do you guys did you guys uh, feel like i felt like it was a little bit of a somber tone on this conference there was a couple of outliers which actually stood out more to me this time but I, i felt like 
It was just a little serious. Hmm, but somber tone. Burgess, what do you think? Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if I took that away from it. What What did you notice? Like, what specific things did you did you hear? Did you see? Or or what made you think that? Yeah, there maybe the lack of jokes. I mean that that contributes to it, right? There was a lot of serious mm-hmm. stories that were told. There and were a lot. So, yeah, there were a lot of um, serious stories. Took, mm-hmm. I have never. That's not to say I I could recall this from memory, but I'm just saying this ad hoc. Like I've never seen Elder Bednar get choked up before. And that was kind of the lingering, since he was the last uh, speaker in conference, that was kind mm-hmm. of the lingering image in my mind a little bit. It just seemed a little serious to me. And it's not, that's not a criticism. Uh, you know, there's a time mm-hmm. for being serious and there's a time for, it could have been because it was Easter weekend and everyone was a little extra reverent for that cause. Sure. I don't know. Maybe the reason it was a little somber is because they were repeatedly telling us that we needed to listen more to the Holy Ghost. What I thought was interesting is the. There, I felt like there were a few really specific topics that you don't hear every general conference, but there were multiple talks on them. So uh, one of them being, I mean, I guess many talk like uh, in April, many people mention Easter and Easter weekend now on this Easter weekend. Sure. But I feel like there were specific talks that we need to make Easter more important. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I yeah. completely agree, uh, which I thought was interesting. Well, and the funny thing about that was the comment about how we celebrate Christmas so mm-hmm. that we can celebrate Easter, right? Yeah. yeah. Or we celebrate Christmas because of Easter. Because of Easter, right. You know, yeah. You know, Elder or President Nelson said that it is the pinnacle of Christian worship. I was like, yeah, I need to make a bigger deal of Easter. Yeah. I remember hearing stuff like that before, but never as serious as it was in this one. It seemed like it was much more repeated rather than like Mm -hmm. just one talk here or there. Yeah. This is definitely seemed like a consistent theme. Especially because it wasn't, it didn't happen on an Easter weekend, right? Because conference does occasionally happen on Easter. Right. And that's usually when you would expect it. But this year there was, it was kind of, an off week, but they still made a made a, a point of it. Tons of references to Palm Sunday, which mm-hmm. again I loved. I really hope this starts to become a almost like a cultural shift in our church uh, and in our culture to make a bigger deal of the Holy Week. Um, it was interesting. I was actually uh, trying to reschedule a client meeting, and he is in Israel. And I said, hey, like, let's put some time on our, cal- on our calendars next week. And he said, actually, next week is the Passover. Can we meet the next week? I'm like, oh, yeah, it is. Yes, absolutely. Let's do that. And I thought that was interesting that he would bring. Uh, maybe it's because in the U.S. culture itself, like bringing religion into something or a religious holiday into something is kind of uh, don't do it. So it was very, very refreshing to hear. No, my, I have a religious holiday next week. Let's do it the week after. Right. Uh, another one that I felt. That again, specific talks that we heard multiple speakers, maybe just two, but again, it was interesting that it was doubled, doubled was uh, patriarchal blessings. Indeed. One was Elder Yamashita, and then the other one was Randall K. Bennett. Uh, made me think that I need to uh, study my patriarchal blessing more. I used to do it every Sunday when I was a college student. Things had gotten busy and I haven't been doing it as much. So I think I need to do that. was one thing that I think I could take away from, from this conference. What did you what did you think you got from it studying it every Sunday? It helped me focus on what is real. Uh, it was interesting. Uh, uh, 
President Groberg was the president of the Idaho Falls Temple when I was there. He would try to come down and visit students all the time. And had a friend who, who met with him, and they said, well, they were leaving. And it's like, it's time to go back to the real world. And he's like, no, 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 no. This, the temple is mm. the real world. And I really gravitated toward that. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. This is the stuff that matters. And so I felt like my patriarchal blessing helped me un- help me refocus on what matters and what's real. And-, and I think that I could really use that in my life now when I've got lots of things that I'm worrying about that I think are legitimate, but I think that they are short term at best. And I love my patriarchal blessing. I'd met my patriarch once. He knew my family, my, my parents okay, but he had never spoken with me ever. But there are specific lines that I had talked about before I got my patriarchal blessing that I know have addressed those things in kind of a fun way. And I thought, this is really cool. I really loved being so familiar with it. And I, and I still know the principles, like the high level key points. But when you know something and when you know something really, really well, like blocks of scripture, they become a part of you. And I think that it had. Uh, my patriarchal blessing was a part of me for a very, very long time. And I, not that I think that it's lost. It's not anymore, but I think that it has lost a lot of its meaning because I haven't been studying it as regularly. I like that. I like what you said, like focus on what's real. Cause that's kind of like the point of general conference, right? Is to focus is to kind of reset our focus into what matters, what's actually real, the stuff that we can take with us. Like one thing that I got from this conference was I need to study more of like specifically the life of Christ the gospels, the, you know, Nephi's vision of, of the life of Christ, third Nephi 11 and his, you know, coming to the book of Mormon, coming to the Americas. I need to do better at my scripture study, but also like, but that's the focus. Yeah. As actually, you know, it's one of the uh, quotes that stood out to me. I believe it was uh, the story about uh, the wife that was, that, uh, that was dying. And they said, one of the quotes that they remembered from her is, the things that matter most last longest. And so having that long view, I think, I think we all need that reminder. I mean, our, our world is so immediate that, you know, patience, I think, I think we all need a marshmallow test, you know? (laughs) (laughs) You know, so I mean, uh, I get that one. (laughs) Uh, A couple of high level, uh, things that I noticed about General Conference this year were a couple of releases and reorganizations. The Young Men's General Presidency was released, and I thought, "Ooh, that means Brad." So when Brad Wilcox was released, I thought, "Ooh, that means maybe he can come on our podcast because he." Remember, we tried to get him like a you, year ago. You missed your and window, the priesthood Johnny. Department was like, you, you had about yeah, you had about 30, was like, no. you had thirty seconds, <laughs> and you missed it. <laughs> Yeah, he, they were, the priesthood department was like, nah, he's got better things to do with his time than to come on your podcast. Right. I was like, you're not wrong. Um, but also, I love Ahmed Corbett. Every time he speaks, I think, wow, so happy that, that you're part of the general leadership of the church. And he got released. I was like, that's a huge bummer. But then he got made a general authority, which, right. is, which is cool. Um, the Young Women General Presidency uh, was released, which I, I really liked them. Emily Bell Freeman, uh, Janine was like, oh my gosh, I know her. I oh like, yeah. How do you know her? She, that was actually, she has a podcast that is very good. Yeah. Opinion. So they do the don't miss this uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. That's kind of interesting for this reason. Usually when I was growing up, it was kind of the thought was, is that personalities don't typically get given leadership positions in the church. 
Mm-hmm. I think you've seen a little shift from that in recent years. I thought I thought that was extremely interesting for that reason. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've listened to her podcast. Uh, you know, not, I, I'm not like a like a avid listener, but I've I've listened to a few episodes. And I, I think she's yeah, got good stuff. So I I thought that was a that was a fun yeah surprise. The way she word things is different is different, and maybe maybe it'll be different now that she's in general leadership of the church. But I I, I, I don't know I. Does she, have, like does she have to give up the podcast now? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe the church will buy it. I, I was also thinking, I was like, ooh, if podcasters are becoming general authorities, I can't wait to raise my arm to sustain M. Burgess Caulfield. There, yeah. there you go. <laughs> when he is, when he is uh, given general right. leadership. I've already, given uh, yeah, I've already got my title. Right? Yeah, that's right. M, <laughs> yeah, I've got my, my letter. M. Burgess Caulfield. <laughs> I'll be the first convert prophet since Lorenzo Snow. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, profit goes straight for the top. I like hey, it. Yeah, go big or go home. That's what <laughs> that's I right, say. That's know? right. <laughs> there was a fun article that I that I uh, that I read leading up to this about when they started doing the middle initial yeah. uh, with the general authorities, and it was interesting. Part of the reason that they didn't do it sooner is because having middle names was not a common thing in the mm. earliest days of the church. And then when they started having middle names, especially when so many of the leaders of the church were named X Smith, right? Yeah, Joseph Smith. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Joseph, multiple was Joseph Smith. Joseph Smiths. F. Smith, the first one? Yeah. I think Joseph F. Smith was the first one that they started regularly using the middle initial. The first prophet. That would make sense. Anyway. Prophet, sure. First prophet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But then you've got George A. Smith, George Albert Smith. You, you've got just all this, you know. <laughs> yeah. So... So yeah, by the by the early 1900s it became a thing and they they kept with it. But we do have a current apostle that doesn't have a middle initial because he doesn't have a middle name. That Elder would be Suarez. Elder, Suarez? Elder Suarez. Yeah. All right. What other th- what other things did we did you guys take away from general conference without getting into the specifics? I thought uh come follow me or home centered church supported was a pretty was a repeated theme. I might have just noticed it because I'm in like I was just called to the Sunday school presidency or the secretary anyway. Oh, cool. And so and that's like the thing that we as a presidency wanted to emphasize more. But it seemed to be a repetitive theme, you know, so like our family is trying to take Holy Week. That's that's been our commitment is to do be a lot more consistent on our come follow me. I agree. So did you notice like in the because they always do the panoramas um, because everyone here knows what the weather has been like the last you know <laughs> yeah. winter and especially in the last like week or so like we just had a blizzard like a week ago and we're having another one right now there were like fresh like blossomed flowers in those panoramas i'm just like they must have planted those like that week <laughs> yeah, that, or stock footage um, yeah that's funny i didn't even notice i didn't even realize but yeah you're right um good okay let's talk about new temples new hey, temples, temples. And- Temples in the Philippines is so exciting. Ah, see, yeah. I beat you to it, Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, Ilo Ilo is only a couple Ilo islands Ilo. over from where I was. Oh, so, cool. Tuguagaro is not remotely close to where I was. It's like in the northern tip of Luzon. But uh, I think it's great. The, the Philippines is getting two. Brazil's getting two. Jakarta, which is interesting. Because Indonesia is one of the biggest is one of the most densely populated Muslim areas, uh, yeah. Muslim countries in the world. Yeah. Which I yeah. thought was very cool. Absolutely. Um, I think, when's the last time Canada got a temple? It's been a while, right? It feels like it's been a while for sure. 
So, oh, no. uh, but yeah. the uh, Harrisburg, yeah, Harrisburg, Har- well, PA, and Harrisburg and Winchester are not all that far from each other. It's right; they're all right, kind of not far away from the DC area. Harrisburg, uh, remind me, Burgess. There's some there's some historical significance to Harrisburg, right? Well, yeah, the Susquehanna River runs right through Harrisburg. That's right. Um, yeah. So usually the um, the Susquehanna River does. Yeah. Oh, cool. So I'm guessing they might have like a visitor center of some sort there. There are, I would say, more temples announced this time that I would consider more rural. I thought I thought that was cool because I have to imagine if you live in rural communities, it's tough to get to a temple. How many temples do you think President Nelson has announced? Oh, that's a good um, question. He got he was made prophet in 2018. Has it only been five years? It's only been five years. No, no, yeah. five years. Really? This conference. Mm-hmm. I would it's guess only been five years. I would guess it's pretty yep. close to seventy-five. Burgess over under. Um, I'm going to take the under, but probably by not much. I'm going to say like I'll probably say sixty-five. According to Newsroom, this is updated one day ago. President Nelson has announced a hundred and thirty-three oh, temples. Wow. That was since way crap. So was I. A hundred and it feels like every conference there's like fifteen. Well, President Nelson, he seems like the uh and I know it's not just him, but yeah. he he seems like the kind of guy is like, All right, this is what we're gonna do, make it happen. Yeah. Right. Right. When I was baptized, the big thing was like the first hundred temples. Well, it's interesting. So they've had uh, sorry for the diatribe that's about to happen, but the <laughs> so the the church has undergone some some interesting paradigm shifts uh over the years. So initially, it was just like, okay, getting a temple that wasn't burned down, right? Can, can we just have yeah. one? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so at one, once we got there and we had a few pioneer temples built, then we started to spread in the United States, but they were all pretty big temples. You think of DC and Los Angeles. Then mm-hmm. you get to President Hinckley and like, okay, we're going to start thinking about smaller temples. They got pretty small. Detroit Temple, as an example, was built during mm-hmm. that time. Tiny Temple. Now we've got kind of the, an all of the above approach. The church stopped producing the documents for the temples, like you know, mid two thousands or something like that, and they started outsourcing them to architectural and other consulting firms to produce. And so, doing that now, the church manages those consultants. And so they're oh, able to build at a much faster rate because they're tapping into the, the skill of many, many, many professionals uh, in order to do that. That's kind of where we are now. There's this big desire to build a lot of temples at a time where they have the processes in place to do that. And I think it'll continue to evolve because, frankly, the rate just seems to be increasing. Okay. Interesting page i just pulled up so this is not a church website but it is church of jesus christ temples.org how which prophets announced how many temples and i think it's wild joseph smith announced five temples brigham young announced four john taylor wilford woodruff lorenzo snow covering 20 years announced zero joseph f smith announced two heber j grant announced three george albert smith announced zero david o mckay for 18 years announced seven Joseph Fielding Smith, Harold B. Lee announces zero. Now, Spencer W. Kimball turns on the Jets here uh, with 31. Ezra Taft Benson announced nine. That's about one a year. Howard W. Hunter announced three despite being profit for only eight months. And then President Hinckley was 79. Uh, President Monson at 45. 
Russell M. Nelson, 133. Crazy. Yeah. And I think part, you know, part of that is the uh, financial st- stability of the church now. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Just to put an exclamation point on that point, Burgess, because I think it's, it's an excellent, excellent point. But I, I yes. think we don't understand how long it took to build that up. You know? Sure. Because yeah. there is, if you read some of the biographies of the prophets in the early days of the church about the finances, Joseph F. Smith is lamenting, you know, what are we going to do? You know, how are we going to survive financially? You know, there was a long period of time where that was built up and we're reaping, it's the law of the harvest, right? Right. We are reaping the Mm -hmm, benefits of that discipline of those early saints. That deserves its due respect. Yeah. Oh, I completely agree. It stresses me out thinking about Joseph Smith and how he had to fund the church. That's something that we take for granted for sure. We have a budget to do fun things with the elders quorum. Right. To buy snacks and stuff. I also think it's interesting that between Joseph F. Smith and Heber J. Grant, they were, there were two prophets in 43 years. So Heber J. Grant was a president for 17 years. Heber J. Grant was president for 26 years. That's something we're not, we're not really used to. Yeah. There was one of the talks that mentioned watching Saturday cartoons with and David o, and but then David O. McKay was on TV. Yep. Mm-hmm. I totally fact checked that guy. <laughs> I was like, "Were Saturday morning cartoons back then? <laughs> when did they start?" And he's it's it did. He's but it, you know it's well within. He's not lying, right? <laughs> you know, he's, I was like, "Is he just telling you like I mean, a good story, or is it real?" Like, so I totally like looked it up. Sun, Saturday morning cartoons started getting big in the late sixties. Oh, the Flintstones and the Jetsons. Yeah, 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 Jetsons, okay. yeah. All that good stuff. Yeah. Good times. What are you guys going to do differently? What kind of impressions did you get to, uh, to better yourselves over this, over, because of this conference? So, I mentioned a little bit earlier, but, you know, personally, I'm going to focus my scripture study on the life of the Savior, um, both the Gospels and from the Book of Mormon. And as a family, you know, we've like with school starting, we're just so inconsistent with doing come follow me as a family. It's mm-hmm. very hit and miss and it's it's few and far between. So we're we're taking this week since it's spring break for the kids and it's holy week, figure what better time to like try to get back into the habit of ha- like, you know, even if it's just 5 minutes getting the kids together, reading the scriptures, having prayer, and if it's just like I said, if it's just 5 minutes fine. Like, that's great. Right. You know, but still, but getting back into the habit of doing it every day, doing it consistently. Tyson, what about you? I just, I'm just going to try and be more grateful. You know, there was a, there was quite a few sad stories, you know, of people who were having to go through trials and suffering and, and those types of things and having to overcome guilt and all those kinds of things. I just, I I think I I just want to be more grateful for all that uh, the Lord has blessed me and my family with, and uh, to that end, to be you know just a little more positive and just eliminate that last bit of contention out of my life. So those are the kinds of the things yeah. I'm focused on. I mentioned a couple of oh, aspects that I wanted to that I wanted to focus on again, making the patriarchal blessing more part of a bigger part of my life. Uh, but I just love the focus on the Savior. And I think it was a little special again because it was the beginning of Holy Week. It was Palm Sunday. But I also felt like even the music was very poignantly 
all about Christ. So yeah, I, I'm going to steal all of your answers or both of your answers. I'm going to say both of those things too. So, (laughs) (laughs) so that means that I have to let go my anger about (laughs) lost manuscript. That's going to be a goal of mine. For the next six months, to <laughs> just let go of that. Just accept it that there are yeah. exactly 116 missing pages. Text. There's not. Just, <laughs> <it>. <laughs> just have to make peace with it. But watch, I'm going to let it go. And then next conference, President Nelson's. Oh, by the way. Oh my gosh, we yeah. got the lost manuscript back. Yeah, <laughs> he's going to hold it up triumphantly over the pulpit. That's right. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoyed conference, and we hope you have a very happy Easter. Peace, bless us to get home safely. 